Hi, my name is Sean Shaler. Here with my friend, the Objective Geek, a.k.a. Chris Ford. Well, I usually say that in the other order. That sounds weird. And also a friend of the show, yeah. Jamie, is back. She's going to join us for a second episode because in our minds and memories, this was a Zuko episode and a perfect one for her <laughs> to join, even though we just discussed it's really not all that Zuko heavy. But when Zuko is here, he's impactful. And we're really happy that Jamie voluntarily rejoined us for another episode there's no bribes we have no like shade or dirt on her whatsoever but you said that that voluntarily like she keeps forcing her way back in here we didn't like god she's still here it was either it was either have jamie back on the show or lose some kind of argument debate to chris again and i just get tired of losing debates all the time you know it's it's tough on my ego so it's, it's time for somebody else to lose, huh? That's right. Let's bring somebody else on. Here. Be today. Uh, but before we get to any <laughs> any debates or or anything at all, how how are you guys doing? I'll you know what? Let's let Jamie go first. Jamie, how you doing? Of course. While I am super great, thank you guys for having me back on. Um, I feel like it's been a while since I've talked to you guys. It really, I mean, it really hasn't been. But I just like I mean the and like having a new job and like that's crazy but no i'm just happy to be still here in the avatar world per usual always i have i won't speak for chris but i have no life so i'll just i'll be waiting whenever you have time to talk uh we know you had a big week you you've moved and you have started an internship i won't say where i'll let you say where if you're able and willing but congratulations that's very exciting yeah yeah i am allowed i'm at i'm at cnn which is super awesome and I'm uh, learning how to be in television, so that's cool. And Yay. CNN is owned by Disney, right? So you can give us lots of inside no. stuff. No, I think, I think CNN Warner. is owned by Warner Media. Yeah, Time Warner. Warner no Media. Yeah, Warner Media. Which well, is... I'm sorry, that was probably sacrilegious than what I just said. <laughs> it's okay. It's like we're in like a huge uh, merger right now. Um, so it, it, we're yeah. It used to be Turner Media, now it's Warner Media that we're yeah. under. So. Yeah, that's it's a whole thought, thing. <laughs> interesting. I just read an article that they may consider selling Direct TV. Anyway, that's not important. To, <laughs> to it's not important. Let's be honest. Yeah. At this point in time, is any cable really that important? Like, you just need your various no. streaming services exactly. uh, and HBO, and you're probably good. Now, I say you need HBO. What you really need is a friend that has HBO. Thanks, Chris, <laughs> so that you don't have to do that stuff yeah. for the other six months of the year where I don't care about television. Um, with that, Chris. Hey, hey, how are you doing, Chris? We're not ignoring you. Uh, I swear. Yeah, it's fine. Um, I'm great. You know, I've been doing. I've been very much uh, stretching my creative juices. Oh no, I've been doing a lot more writing lately. With with uh, you write know, with writing like video essays and stuff like that. Like I always feel like I have like different vid- different like writing different essays at the same time. And uh, I'm doing a lot more like art projects. Right now, I'm working on a, a mosaic glass piece of a static shock piece, and so that's taking up like I've been working on that like two or three hours a day for the past two weeks, and it's a lot of fun. It's like putting together a puzzle that you are making at the same time. But uh, I kind of feel like I'm back in high school, where I was just like just <laughs> at my peak of artistic ability and like writing and everything. No, that's. But, that's really exciting. It's probably fun for your kids too, right? Like you're doing, you're an adult and you're doing fun stuff, not just lame, boring adult stuff and setting a good example. That's probably pretty exciting. 
<laughs> At least I would yeah, think I'm so. Just, yeah, I'm just up till 1 a.m. just like meticulously putting in these little pieces on the thing. I look up, I'm like, oh, it's 1 o'clock. Okay. Yeah. Time to go to bed. So do you find yourself on the video side? Have you found yourself kind of trending more towards uh, like heavily scripted pieces? I am kind of doing more scripted stuff nowadays. Um, I don't like like writing the most recent video of the like um, of the Korra versus Aang. Like, that's not as much fun to write. Some of it is, but it's it's there's not that much thought goes. There's a lot of thought that goes into, it, but there's not much opinion and a lot not a lot of like personal things that go into that. Uh, more of those like meaning and media videos are kind of like that, or like my um, Iro until life of Iroh video is like that. So I have a mini media coming up that I should be working on in a couple of weeks, uh, all about Princess and the Frog. I'm somewhat intimidated about doing that because that movie is like very close to me. And I feel like I don't even know if I even want to record on camera or just do voiceover with it because I'm sure I'm going to like probably tear up or something. But I'm not going to lie. I would say I would recommend doing voiceover if for no other reason than to keep more Princess and the Frog media on the screen at all times. <laughs> <laughs> it's nothing against your mug just, or anything like that. I just, just to really get rid like of it. my face. That's right. what I, heard. I just, so I just, I don't want to see your 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 bawling face. No, Princess and the Frog. Fun fact: finished very high in both in maybe all three. My wife is on that episode, and it might have hit all three of our top five favorite Disney movies. I think it might have been the only one to be in all three of our top five favorite Disney movies. Um, so I just really love that that movie in general so keep keep more princess and frog media up on the screen <laughs> at all times and you know then you can take a moment if you need one uh, <laughs> jamie i put i put jamie's what did i put here i put something here there we go jamie's plugs <laughs> because i know you i know you write um i, I, I don't know if you do any youtube content or anything but hey give yourself a moment to plug your nerdy adventures wow okay thank you oh uh, yeah i write <laughs> Uh, for uh, don't thank me. Thank all five of our listeners, three wow. of whom are literally on the podcast right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and one of them is a good friend of mine. I know she's. And the uh, the fifth one is in the room right back here. So that's it. That's we all have a couple five. more. Uh, there's a there's a Rudy on Twitter who listened to us, and I think there's a Amy Lou. I forgot her name on YouTube. They listen to there. Um, Shout out to some great Rudy, comments. Uh, because okay. I am Owen two in fantasy football. My team is terrible. <laughs> Cam Newton is my quarterback, and Jameis Winston is my backup. So obviously neither one of those is panned out. Uh, Joe Mixon and Devontae Freeman are my running backs. It's 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 a state of disrepair right now. Rudy, uh, thanks for listening, and I hope your fantasy football season is going better than mine. <laughs> oh, yeah. back back to Jamie. Yeah. Back to Jamie. <laughs> sports out of here what is that you live in atlanta Devontae freeman plays for atlanta and i'm really mad at him right now see segue oh um, okay right well <laughs> i can't believe you didn't see that coming uh sorry i'm just i'm not as up to date as you on that and mm. i am busy you know watching tv and doing the stuff that matters <laughs> especially for this podcast no i write for an uh entertainment site called the game of nerds and I, I post a lot of um, reviews, opinion um, articles, uh, think pieces, kind of like your media, meaning in media, except for mine is uh, written instead of in video form. Maybe someday I'll do video, but it's <laughs> no, I do that at work, so I don't have time to come back and do that in my free time. Uh, no, but it's, it's really fun. I just love to watch stuff and review it and then talk about it. I love analysis. That's what I'm doing right here. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
I never thought of it as analysis until we met you. I used to just think of it as like, hey, we like this show. Let's put numbers on it. I'm sure Chris thought of it as more of an analysis thing. Yeah, because it's, it's actually in my YouTube name, but it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, just like, I just like numbers and cartoons, but not like big numbers, just That's small, easily then, palatable numbers. That's my thing. And then I had to convince somebody at my college that numbers and animation and tv was worth an entire degree and it is because i oh, got it definitely. So. <laughs> Absolutely. um i, I might have cut chris off there but if i did i didn't mean to chris what have your latest video projects done uh no so i have uh the core versus aang um and that's and that has produced which was uh, wrong in, in a fight <laughs> yeah <It> was, <laughs> hot take it was there. <laughs> i the thing is so it's funny because i got a lot of comments on there of like i I really respect you just have the balls to say that core would win and all of these fights and like a lot of people are like finally somebody weren't wasn't so like show favoritism towards ang and they actually said who would win in a fight um so i started to feel like a <laughs> like a like a core self-help group of people like finally <laughs> joining together you freed uh, all the these is, people emotionally chris that's very yeah. powerful the thing is i back up what i say and I, and I try to be very thorough like even the creators you might watch the video there's three different fight scenarios even the creators i think would say if they had to choose would win in a fight it would be Cora. and that's that's just the way it is ang is not that type of person um, two fair. notes. I have two notes. First of all, Chris, I think you did an excellent. <laughs> no, it's not oh, actually disagreeing. Uh, I think you did an excellent <laughs> job of presenting a topic that a lot of people present in really poor ways, and I think you handled it very nicely. So, first of all, well done. Second of all, like I can't dispute any of the evidence you presented, but the one line that you did say that it's funny how it just different interpretations. Uh, I don't remember if it was Michael or Brian said that like. Aang's going to get away nine times out of ten, uh, but there's going to be that one time where Korra catches him and wins. And so it's funny that, like, in your mind, that was sort of uh, maybe, like, tying nine times out of ten and then Korra breaking the tie that one time by actually winning a match. And my head is like, no, that's pure Aang winning nine times out of ten and Korra <laughs> winning one. That's Aang achieving <laughs> Aang's goal nine times out of ten. So it's just funny how it hits different ways to different people. But that being said, yeah, some 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 people say the same thing. I, for one, have been in physical fights several times, and I've been, in, you know, in my younger years, I've not been in a fight in a really since I was like I don't know, fifteen or something. You know, I really wanted but, you to uh, say like thirty and then tell us a great story. Whatever, that's fine. <laughs> yeah. But one time I was in a fight. Uh, it was me versus two people. And, you know, I'm doing pretty good in the fight where I'm getting my hits in, doing blocks. And I hit this guy's head really hard and my hands start to swell up. And then I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to walk away. No one, none of my friends, because my, I don't know, something, my hand like was jammed or something. It did start to kind of swell up. Um, you did the none thing. None of my friends, none of my friends said I won that fight. Maybe I didn't lose that fight, but none of them they were like, oh yeah, you won that fight. They're more like, oh, good job. You took on two people at the same time. And then you knew that your hands swelled up. You couldn't punch him anymore. So even I would say I didn't win that fight. So I don't think Aang is winning. But you didn't that lose fight. that fight. Aang didn't lose nine times out of ten. And that's what Aang that's right. won. That's what he won. That's, <laughs> that's what Aang's Here on this podcast, we're about averages. 
that's that's right we're all uh or in that case perception is like yeah if you actually had to pin in a head-to-head fight and somebody had to win and somebody had to yeah. lose uh i think you made a pretty good yeah. case for cora yeah which i, was, I almost did like the I, almost I did like the fox yeah. news thing of just like i could just show that part of the clip to support my <laughs> to support my uh my piece <laughs> instead i instead i showed like the whole thing when they're when you know, they were like eh, you know i think it'd be like a stalemate probably and then brian comes in and it's like I watch MMA a lot, you know, and they say this and they say that, like, Core would win. Um, I almost did, just like, just give me that one little nugget of information I need to support my argument. <laughs> but because, you know, I'm objective. How very, I try to be yeah, as how very political as of you, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> very politically correct. Uh, well, you did a nice job. Jamie, thoughts, Aang versus Cora, who, who wins, who loses? I mean, I obviously watched Chris's video, so I know all the evidence. Um, I... Like, to me, I think, like, Cora is such, she's so raw power. Like, I think just, you know, if you put them in a one-on-one fight, like, I, I think that Cora probably would win. But I also think that Aang is just, you know, he is evasive by nature and quite a bit, like, I think he just uses his mind so differently. Um, like, in the way that he fights against Azula uh, in the drill, which I love that episode. Um you know, Azula's raw power too. And I don't necessarily, she definitely doesn't win that fight. Um, even though there are moments when she, it feels like she's on top, Aang always finds a way. Um, and so I don't know. I think, yeah, I think raw power, I mean, Korra is obviously very powerful, but I think Aang just, I think he's clever. He's that, it's that airbender. It's that mind over matter kind of idea with him. So I don't know. I think he'd find a way to win. I keep sparring with myself internally because like in an in a confined space i'd think cora definitely wins like if you look like one like a one-on-one fighter video game in a confined space like all right yeah cora's gonna win but like what if it's just out in the open world and she's yeah i agree just be tracking ang until she just died and then does ang get to be like see i won like what if it's just out in real life but yeah in a confined space and like a in like a little pro bending arena or something like that right no completely agree yeah and that's settled we see we settled it devil settled it right here that's why there has to be three on and at a time because one person's always gonna lose that's <laughs> that's right but at least here we all have come to at least one finite conclusion which yeah. is don't pick a fight with cora in an alley true true that's really no, number one that we're getting at that. here that's the, that's the point of this whole podcast <laughs> all uh, all fights aside uh I'm, let's let's go to the episode unless either one of you guys has more interesting life news or anything to share i don't no. get to this episode <laughs> let's do it let's get to this episode this admittedly very interesting episode it's wild is, it's a wild episode it is uh book two earth episode 34 it is called The City of Walls and Secrets, and it's when the group first arrives at Ba Sing Se. And the crux of the story is essentially they they saved Ba Sing Se from the drill, and so they've been invited to, I guess, to live in a home in the city? <laughs> I don't. They don't really put parameters on it. Like, they're kind of just welcomed into the city, but then not really there for... They're there for their purposes, but I don't know what purposes the Earth Kingdom has for inviting them in there at first. So it's like, hey, just come live in our city as a thank you. That's kind of how I interpreted it. I don't know. Interesting start right away. Like, it's already curious when mm-hmm. you're getting started. At least in my Sean, opinion. Sean, real quick. 
Uh, you don't have to re-record re over this. But can I see your video right now, or is that if everything's good with the with the video and stuff? Because I can't see like you, but or myself, where I usually can see myself. Oh, you're just looking at the PowerPoint. You're right. Let uh, me change what screen we're looking at here. <laughs> no, that's a good call out. You can I'll, I'll, see I'll keep talking thing. though. I'll keep talking though while you while you do that. <laughs> you want to see so you, this screen, so here. you don't have to. Yeah, so you don't have to re-edit. But anyway, so the video. Yeah, everybody, you're getting this episode. candid. I'm definitely not going to edit just for that piece. That's crazy. Yeah, no, that's why. <laughs> uh, so, the, <laughs> yeah, the episode starts off. There, uh, there we go. They're going into the train. <laughs> They're going taking the train into the city, and and uh, and yeah, they're you know they just beat the beat ah they just beat the drill. And Toph, like, doesn't want to go in the city, which is really interesting, because she's just like, there's just a bunch of walls and rules. And, and then, you know, they feel kind of like, hey, we should be able to find Appa. And they go into the city, and the city's just massive. And, and I think there was some great animation down there, just really great job of just building the scope of just how huge the city is. Um, yeah, and so, like, they're just kind of on the train at that point. I, uh, I definitely took note of that first moment as well when we enter Boxing Say because I love this moment because we hear so much about Boxing Say before we see it. You know, like so many episodes of build up, like this is the city, this is the place, and then they like um, come through that wall and just like sprawling metropolis. And I think it's just like one of those moments that was so interesting from a world building perspective um you know they did a great job adding so much diversity of this landscape um and it definitely kind of puts into perspective you know they've been on the road traveling through deserts and through this kind of like you know barren ruined landscape we haven't really been anywhere except for omashu which is really small in comparison um so we we just haven't seen anything like this in the world yet and I love this episode so much. They do so much with it. Uh, it's like a political intrigue thriller written into this kid's show. Um, and a lot of it has to do with just that very first moment when they show us the setting of this place. Because it's totally different from anything we've seen before. And this this episode is just wild. And they do some crazy stuff in like 24 minutes. It's really, it's, yeah, it's great. Yeah, when, when, yeah they, they really build the character of the CD like really quick like in a matter of mm -hmm. seconds mm -hmm. you really get a sense of the, just the classism in it they yeah. do it through through a lot of great like visual cues like one when, when they're in that first ring there like even Judy is like oh this is where our skilled workers live and like things just look like the way they dress like the clothes mm -hmm. are all kind of shattered and stuff the houses are far more closer to each other and then you know they talk about oh like what is that wall and then Judy is like, oh, well, we have walls outside to uh, protect ourselves from other people. We have walls inside to protect our culture. And it's like, mm, no, you just have walls inside so you can build like a class system. And then like the further they go deeper into it, you see the houses get a little bit bigger. You see a little bit more space in there. Mm -hmm. And then eventually you get to the like the middle middle ring where it's just like vast open areas. And it's just like, man, rich people don't need any of this space yeah. at all. They just consume it for themselves. Yeah. And they like don't hold back from anything any part of this episode they just go like full on about it like there's a part like Aang asks like oh like what are all these like poor people doing on this part of the city and there's like 
you know, hints of violence. The guy's like sharpening his knife, like, yeah, yeah. Back. like yeah, they just they don't hold back, which is so great because I this episode, admittedly, like when the first time I watched it, when I when I was a kid, I don't feel like this one stuck out to me that much because I think I was like binging a bunch of episodes all at once. And this was part of like a really large arc in the middle of the season and in the series. But like I watch this episode now and I'm like, oh, this episode does political commentary, social commentary better than like, you know, most shows that are on the air right now that are actually aiming to do that. Um, It's just like really fantastically written episode, which we'll get into later as well. As Sean eats his popcorn. Um, I don't want you. I want you guys to know how uncomfortable I am. So, uh, for the viewing audience, hopefully you're just listening audience. If you're a viewing audience, you'll notice (laughs) that Chris and Jamie have to share a Google Hangout video chat, and so even (laughs) while I'm not talking, I just get to be on the screen eating my popcorn, aka dinner, (laughs) because I don't know how to cook. So. Um, you get to learn a lot about <laughs> yeah, behind the scenes podcasting right here. I saw your tweet about frozen burritos that you didn't microwave correctly. Like, no, <laughs> I did microwave those correctly. And it's always, <laughs> one is always good, and okay. it's always the one I try first. I'm like, oh, it worked this time. And the second one is always just a chunk of ice, and you're, you're dead on. <laughs> anyway, I'm really sorry that I'm visually just here uh, eating my popcorn. You know, I can actually. Uh, I could probably hide myself somehow if I was a smarter person, but no, just just keep it there. Anyway, right, um, next, Chris. Boom! There we go. Go on. I can eat my popcorn in peace. No, put yourself back up. Um, Watch me eat popcorn. And we kind of gloss over this, but we do introduce to Judy, and she is like just so creepy and like sort of uh, stepper wives ish. And, <laughs> and she's jacked up. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, she's like she just has this like. Uh, Richter, I don't know if I'm saying this, Richter Grin smile, Richter Grin smile, anyway, some type of forced smile, and she's just trying to, like, get them to, she, she's handling them, as Toph says, you know, they're like, that was weird, and she just, like, moves them from place to place, um, and as they go and visit all these areas, <laughs> trying to, it's only when they get to, like, um, I think it's the middle ring, where there's the university and everything, and Sokka's like, oh, yeah, university. Yeah, in fact, we met a person. We met a professor at the university, and we went to the Spear Library, and we found <laughs> we found uh, things to help us defeat the Fire Nation in a war that we need to go tell one of your generals about. Like, take yeah. us to that person. That's actually, completely... yeah, one of the, the, there's like six plots going on in this episode all at once. Uh, but one of them is that, you know, Sokka and, um, well, Sokka mostly is, like, really dead set. Like, they have to find um, the Earth King, and uh, they're trying to get this information that they found out about the Day of Black Sun to him. And uh, that's kind of what kicks off um, Judy's little, yeah, like, that's where we get some of the first instances of I love this character. Like we just feel sort of weary around her and we don't really know why until obviously the end of the episode, but um, Sokka's saying, Hey, like we need to talk to the earth King. Now this is urgent. And she's like, Oh, you know, it's fine. Like we'll deal with that later. And just the way that they go about doing it, it's not aggressive, but it is sort of very stern. And um, it's just, 
yeah, you kind of know. You're like, hmm, something's up. Don't Judy, like that. Yeah, she's a great uh, with like a tone setter for the episode because it's it's not yeah. scary and it's not thrilling, but it's sort of a unsettling. Maybe is the yeah. right word. And yeah, she does a great is. job of like not hitting you in the face with it, but still setting that tone for the entire episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, as they go by, you know, they keep bringing up the war. Yeah, she's really weird. Every time they ask a person about the war, like she gives that person like a weird look of like, no, no, don't don't say nothing. And it's weird because like they feel straight up threatened by Judy. Like, <laughs> like yeah. almost have like Judy is going to do something herself. Like that's how it does feel very direct, <laughs> doesn't it? Yeah. yeah, like like almost as if it's aimed at Judy. And at this point in the story, if this was like your first time watching this, all you know is Judy. So all you're thinking is like, why is Judy so so threatening? Like she about to is she secretly going to kill people? Is she going to shank like, somebody? What? Like what's going to happen? Because yeah. it looks like it's going to be fast. Their reaction's very I'm just, instantaneous. I'm just, I'm just imagining her doing this like quiet. <laughs> For listeners, I was taking my thumb. <laughs> Caressing it <laughs> over my over my neck. Asterisk. Chris slices thumb across neck in menacing motion. Un yes. asterisk. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, uh, no, definitely. Like it's uh, it's crazy. Like they wrote this episode and they put like a police state in this city. And um yeah, just the the kind of threatening nature of Judy is I mean, they give you enough hints in the episode, but it's so expertly done. Like, I just, yeah, I love that moment at the university where she, like, shakes her head and tells them not to say anything about the war, uh, which they obviously don't know about. So, um, that's, or, yeah, that's a big moment. For... Is this the first appearance of the Dai Li? Is this yeah. the first time we hear about him? Or yeah. See him? Oh, yeah. It's certainly the first time we see him, but it's the first time we hear about him. Yep. Yeah, so, I think so. Yeah. yeah, basically establishing a, um, I already forgot the term you used, but it sounded like a good term. <laughs> establishing a, uh, like a militant police force in oh, about yeah, 20 yeah. minutes. Yeah. So that's pretty no, impressive. For sure. And they go, they drive past the dial leave. You don't know it at first, but mm-hmm. they see. But they lit little... menacing right out of the gate. Oh, definitely. Um, yeah. So in between these two bullet points, in between the what war and the Bosco's party bullet points, I'm going to jump in just to say that this episode is also low key really funny, not yeah. not like slapstick funny, but right. Kinda, uh, it's not discreet either. Like we're still talking mm-hmm. about a kids' cartoon, but it's it's a little low key and it's still very clever and humorous. And one we already yeah. talked about before we even got on the show is the booger. Like Toss, like talking about she knows how to be a sophisticated lady to sneak in this party. Um, it's a party for Bosco, who we'll introduce in a moment. Um, and she's talking about being sophisticated to guitar, and she flicks this booger. And then you can see it on the ceiling, and it just stays there for several scenes. <laughs> like, it's, it stays there for a long time. It's there for a really long time. Or um, another p- piece that I don't want to spoil just yet, because we're not quite there, but uh, several instances. Or, the like, even even Sokka's, like, repetitive segues. He does it the to the war, yeah. like, several times. Uh, but in different ways each time, like, a clever segue into, like, that's why we got to see the king. Um, yeah, it's and mm-hmm. it's good every time, and so uh, yeah, a lot of lot of 
maybe subtle comedy here or an intentional comedy maybe no i think it's intentional yeah. but oh that's very intentional like it's it's so one thing about avatar does and, and also legend core does it so well also it's like they they animate very human no matter how kind of gross it is very human yes they uh, do movements and stuff like i was watching legend of Korra because i'm kind of doing a rewatch with my daughter again it's probably her third time rewatching it you know always proud of her um but like Cora's <laughs> like in her air bending in her air nomad you know garb and she's like training and kind of trying to meditate with Tenzin and she just like scratches her butt <laughs> and it's and it's not at all like trying to draw attention to it she's just like it's just sitting there being taught by Tenzin uh <laughs> and then then here that booger thing so when I was watching it with my daughter like she sees Toph picking her booger and like flick it. She's like, oh, you see that? It's still stuck there. And then I'm like, just wait, just wait. And like, <laughs> of course, being, of course, being a child, she's like, what, what? I'm like, just keep waiting. What, what? I'm like, and that's how long this it's scene goes on that. with the booger up there. And I'm like, all right, now watch. And like, because <laughs> because then the booger flying comes down. Because at the same time, Sokka and Aang are doing the whole like, oh, we can be royal. And then, like, <laughs> I love that, Aang. It's like, hi. <laughs> Mr. Katara Water, Mrs. Katara Water Tribe. Yeah. Hi, Mr. Momo of the Momo Dynasty. How is your Momo-iness? And then, like, they just keep, like, bowing to each other. And eventually they fall off and fall to the ground. And that booger lands on Sokka's head. And it makes, like, a noise. Just, and like, it's the tiniest little, laughing. like, a, just the little bittiest yeah. noise. But it's, uh... It's precision yeah. is what it is. I love it. That so is, much. Yeah. It's an interesting job of balancing the comedy in this episode. Like, because it is, yeah. It, it's actually kind of strikes me that it is such a, um, a heavy episode in terms of like plot, as far as like what's actually happening. And then obviously the end is quite dark. Um, but they have this whole middle section where they have, they're up to these antics that I don't even know that they're not even that comparable to other episodes, which just maybe have like Sokka with his one-liners. Um, but this is like a whole scene that goes on for a while. Um, and just in the middle of this episode and it's, it's perfect. It's great. This episode's <laughs> wild. It's all over the place in terms of, uh, <laughs> Uh, feelings, emotions, action, comedy. It and then too, like kind of hits the whole gambit. Yeah, I mean they're kids in the middle of this war and this crisis, and I think it's just really great that the episode takes a moment to remind us of that before it gets back to the uh, political intrigue thriller. <laughs> the political, yeah. the political common, uh, the political thriller comedy episode. That's what this yeah. one is. There's also like yeah, there's like a. Not a heist attempt, but it's a still a <laughs> gag where they sneak in. So it's like, yeah, it's all just kind of everywhere. But they could easily be framed for a heist attempt, though. It, it the, the plot structure is is there. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Yeah. Um, oh, before we get to so they so Katara oh, figures okay. out that she can go it's to fine. Bosco's I'm really, party. I'm really excited to go to Bosco's party. <laughs> uh, and then so she brings them like the paper or something. She says like, "All right, the Earth King is having a celebration of his bear's birthday." And then they're like, bear? Do you mean his platypus bear? bear? No, no, it's armadillo you mean bear. Skunk bear? No, just just bear. This place is weird. It's, just, <laughs> it's one of those. 
for some reason, love that joke that because one of the most memorable jokes in the show. <laughs> so I just I don't have that good of a memory, but I did just literally just watch the commentary with this episode, and they said that was one of those things that didn't really plan on sticking. <laughs> Um, sticking in the episode, but they just they really liked how it looked and rolled, and that it just kind of fit the mold of this um, sort of innocent, ignorant-ish, naive Earth King, also, um, yeah. and then it just kind of fit, and so they're like, it just went really well, and everybody loved it. So we left in the regular dumb old bear. <laughs> yeah. Why not? Hey, uh, now, now I feel like I need to go back and watch the commentary on the DVD because it's not on the Blu-ray, which I had to go back. I gave my I gave my DVDs away because the Blu-rays come out, and I went back and bought the DVDs because those have commentary <laughs> on it. <laughs> so now, the thing is, it's my own fault. My my previous DVDs are all bootleg. I got them when I was in college for free. Like someone just like, here you go, here's Avatar. Like, what am I supposed to do? You know, broke college student, got like three dollars in my bank account. Yeah, I love that show. <laughs> well, and you know it. To be fair, the DVDs now, like, when you say you went back and bought the DVDs again, like, it's not a big, it's not, like, a huge expense, like, DVDs today. It's it's fine. It's fine. You can have both. I think I, I, think I spent $5. Right. On no, nobody's going to judge you. I was a little disappointed to see that not every episode has commentary, and there's not really, yeah. um, uh, no, I don't watch a lot of commentary because, I don't know, it's just not my thing sometimes. Um, I but love it. it. There's no... Uh, indication of whether or not certain episodes have commentary until you just click into them. I would love yeah. to like. Oh, <laughs> I don't. I know it's weird, but I'd love to just. Oh, they did commentary on this one, that one, that one. See some similarities, differences. I don't know, but whatever. It's interesting from time to time. Not something I do a ton, but. <clears throat> yeah, now they're going to this uh, this bear's birthday party. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, yeah, so they go to the Bear's birthday party. Uh, Toph and Katara, they get all prettied up. Uh, and Aang does tell Katara, or maybe he also tells Toph. He didn't say who's yeah, Aang. It's very general. He says, yeah. Hey, what's well, very yeah. general? Uh, well, I don't know what the Toph Aang shippers are called. I don't believe in that. But uh, Tangs? I mean, it sounds like a religion. <laughs> is it Tang? I think it Tangs? is Tang. Offs? Yeah. I don't know. Both of them sound oh. terrible. I know Jamie's going to hate them both just because of the name. Oh. <laughs> Toffle? They're Toffle. They're whatever they're called. They are absolutely terrible. Sorry for any of the fans who like that ship. Not my jam. Not my jam. <laughs> I uh, what I you know what I was trying to come up with a funny argument, but I don't have one. It's probably not a good ship. No, it is. They're, they're cute kids. I'm sure. It's, that's I'm sure it's a rocky relationship. Heyo. Oh. Hey oh, Chris, that joke blew right over my head. <laughs> oh. Anyway. Water um. <laughs> Okay, I'm done. That's fine. <laughs> That's a yeah. solid joke. These jokes are lit. To, I was going to say... <laughs> There's no firebenders <laughs> present, but whatever. It's fine. Sorry, go, Jamie. <laughs> this ship needs to sink right now. <laughs> I I, ooh, I see what you did there. Ship the thing there. is, though, is that the reason why I think this ship exists, the Toph Aang ship, is because the Zutara shippers are like, ah, well, who should Aang? If Aang's wow. not with Katara, then Chris maybe he should right, be Jamie. with Toph. It's you people. It's you people <laughs> that are starting this nonsense with your, well, with your I mean, garbage. Listen. 
I decided to wear my Zutara shirt that I got. Oh no! I'm not. So. No, I'm not pulling your video up. I'm not clicking over to you for that. <laughs> Cut it Show out. my undying, my undying support for this ship. And listen, I can have Zutara and not have Aang and Toph. Then who is Aang going to be with? And don't say Meng, because I'm not a Meng fan whatsoever. <laughs> Uh, what and what's left? Nothing. No. There's nothing left for Aang. There's no other women in the world, apparently. In the, in the massive <laughs> world of Avatar. No, nobody else. You know, he can just go and live his own fulfilling life. Uh, he can. He that needs to terrible. repopulate the world with Airbenders. Horrible. Yeah. He. That's. <laughs> see, he doesn't know harmonic convergence is coming. He's got to do his part. I'm just gonna sip my tea. You just get. <laughs> Gosh, all right, we got off track. Where are we at? Oh, okay. Sip, yeah, they got, sip your they tea or they get muted, off. Jamie. <laughs> we probably deserve it. I'm, okay. very, I'm very power hungry over here with my mouse and keyboard. <laughs> very power hungry. Um, I'm sorry. We were at the party. Uh, oh, we were yeah. at Bosco's yeah, party Toph, trying to sneak in, but looking yes, attractive. Toph and Katara uh, try to sneak in, and Toph tries to pull the whole bang falling card again. That doesn't work, and then Katara being like kind of me, not she's you know she's just trying to get into the party. But uh, <laughs> she says that Toph, she goes to Long Fei, not knowing who he is, just knowing that he seems like an important figure because he has like security and everything, and because he has a deep because voice. It, yes, <laughs> dead giveaway. He, okay, yeah, he is voiced by Clancy Brown. If you don't know who Clancy Brown is, I do not. He is Mr. Krabs from nice. SpongeBob. No kidding. Yep. Uh, it's interesting because when in the commentary for Korra, because he also voices Jacone in season one of Legend nice. of Korra. Nice. Um, in the commentary for it, Brian and Mike say like, "Yeah, we were watching Long Fei. We were uh, we we're kind of really thinking of Clancy Brown from on a some movie that they're watching, and like, ah, yeah, we probably can't get him." And so they go to the casting person, and like, just for reference, they mention Clancy Brown, and and she's like, or he, I forget exactly what. And then you know she's like, yeah, he's like down the hall recording SpongeBob. We can easily get Clancy Brown. <laughs> he's like, yeah. oh, cool. That's Sweet. fun. And, and speaking of other Nickelodeon references in the commentary, there was apparently a shit. There was a little, uh, there was a little Easter egg for Invader Zim fans that I did not catch last this point. Now I can't remember oh. what it was, but I love Invader Zim. Go watch the movie on Netflix. It's actually love pretty good. Invader Zim. We're here for. Yeah, Brian. Brian Kanetsko animated on that, I believe. Yeah. Maybe it was a right. storyboard artist. Mm-hmm. Nope, it was, uh, I believe it was animated. I could be mixed yeah. up. Yeah. But... No, yeah. No, yeah. No, it was animated. I'm just saying, I just think that Brian Kanetsko, he worked on Invader Zim, I think, as, as a an storyboard anim- Yeah, artist. that's what I'm saying. As an animator. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yes. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. We're, we're yeah they didn't do a live thing. action we're Invader Zim, Sean. <laughs> uh, no, big Invader Zim fan in the Netflix movie isn't like amazing, but it's actually, it's, it's kind of nice. It's appropriate. Go watch it. I haven't watched it yet. Agree. But... Agree. I will agree with that. It's a nice hour of your time if you yeah. have any love for Invaders. Yeah. Welcome back to the to the universe. And that animation is gorgeous. Yeah, it is. It is. Beautiful. It is really well done. Yeah. Very smooth. Yeah. I always like Gur. Gur. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I honestly like, 
I watched so much of Zim when I was young, and I think that has to do a lot with what my personality and tastes became. <laughs> like that show was so far ahead of its time; like nobody was ready for it. <laughs> I won't, I won't spoil it for Chris because I, I believe that Chris would genuinely watch it at some point, and not that there's I much spoilers. Right. Uh, but I do love the part where Zip is he's depressed and he's literally just in a pile of nacho cheese on his couch Not in the movie <laughs> so good. it's a really really interesting premise i it love is. that movie it's, it's really strong all right Chris, you're good you're fine <laughs> all right we didn't we didn't spoil anything it's fine but oh, okay we can go all back right. to the party now i'm sorry i threw us all off right back to the party all right so long say um sneaks them in and everything he does seem like a little like very clingy to them as if, Hey, this character is somebody important. He's going to come back up later. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Aang and Sokka sneak in as bus boys and pretty yeah, much talk about the quote really quickly. Cause I took note of this. Yeah. So it's, so they go to sneak in as bus boys and Aang specifically, he says, he goes, Oh yeah, Katara said that we could, or no, Toph said that we can get in as busboys. Maybe I, as busboys, yeah, yeah. Maybe was, as busboys. I bus was like, boys. actually, she said you'll be lucky to pass as busboys. That's bus what boys. it is. Yeah. That's very different. Yeah. That's very different from we could get in as busboys. <laughs> like the fact that they, those two, should have pulled this off at all. They, I don't know how they did it. They must have very low standards for busboys. <laughs> I, I'm not yes. Also, yeah, I was thinking about this. I was like, where did they get the uniforms from? Did they jump somebody? Like, because usually, you know, like when people go undercover as somebody else, they usually like jump someone, knock them out unconscious, and then steal their clothes. Your hand swells up, and then you steal their uniform, and then you walk away. You walk away, and you what? New headcanon. Sokka took him out with his boomerang. That's a headcanon, Sean. Most likely. I've done it. I mean, you did it, but I've done it. I finally made a headcanon. <laughs> For listeners, we've been trying to teach John. Wait, this was in the last episode, wasn't it? That you guys were talking about the word headcanon. Yeah, that uh, the last one, the one before. I don't. I don't really remember. Yeah. Yeah, we've been getting better at using the word headcanon and figuring out what it means. I think that's valid to somebody out. Right. I have such an active imagination, though, that if I think about something, like if if I think like, "Hey, that's probably what happened." If I if you ask me again a week later, my head will have manufactured that, like, "Yeah, that happened in the show." That's not headcanon. That's actual canon. Okay, Sean. Listen, as someone who very religiously reads fan fiction, that's a that's a real problem. It actually happens. Yeah, we just, <laughs> go, back, I, go back to the series. I'm like, what? Zuka and Katara weren't together in that episode. This, hold I on, I thought that was that episode. <laughs> no, I I agree entirely. In my imagination, not just in television, but in real life, I'll think, "Hey, this is what probably <laughs> happened." And then if you ask me the next day, it's like that definitely happened. I saw it with my own imagination. Well, I mean, I, I mean, that's the whole that's the whole thing about the criminal justice system, and that like eyewitness accounts are not um, are not necessarily rough, um, very useful. <laughs> yes. Like people can easily fabricate and trick their minds into thinking something. Like one time, this lady completely said that uh, she she might just be racist. That me and my friends stole somebody's lawnmower, 
And she's like, yeah, them. Like, um, it wasn't us. She's either racist or uh, I'm still racist, but maybe in a less mean way where she just like one of those people where it's like, oh, all black people look the same. And it was a black person. Well, like, no, it was still it was a racist, but a different kind of racist. It was a little white kid who ended up stealing the lawnmower of this one guy. Okay, so she was just way wrong. And so she was you. racist. Just the first racist. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was it was it three fairly tall black teenagers? Well, not or tall, one not short tall, white kid. Or really? Yeah. <laughs> and in her <laughs> mind, it's like, well, mm. one more opportunity to get three tall black kids in trouble. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, Mandela Fett and uh, it's tricking your own mind into believing things. Uh, I mean, it's happened to me in Avatar and also in like animated stuff. Like for some reason, when they first aired. Um, gosh, we're going to skip to a couple episodes. Uh, but when something happens to Jet, no one's, everyone's seen this show. When Jet dies, mm-hmm. um, and, uh, and like, uh, I that was a name. sigh of relief. I was breathing just there. Did you guys hear that? But, um, it'll come out. Don't be yeah. talking about my boy like that. Dang it. What's, what's, what's the, what's the archer's name? For some reason, Long I can't shot. think of his name. Long shot, long shot. Uh, so when Long shot tells him, finally talks like, "Don't worry about him. We'll take care of him. He's our leader." I thought that he turned around and because he knew Jet was in pain, that he, <laughs> that he killed Jet off camera. Just so in Jet cold <laughs> That's but way no, so better. Can, That's way better. So though. he can put Jet. So he can put Jet out of his misery because Jet was gonna die anyway. So like for some reason, I had that in my head that Long shot killed Jet when he said he's gonna take care of him. You, and the camera were... goes away. You know yeah. what? But here's the thing. As we all know, it's a little unclear about exactly what happened to him. So, Maybe, yeah. it could have happened. See, Chris probably... There's, can we say there's certain times where it's pretty harmless, uh, but it still probably leads to worse habit. Like, you guys saying, uh, you know, Sokka knocked a couple of guys upside the head with a boomerang just to steal their outfits. Like, that's moderately harmless. That could be true. But then, yeah, there's times where you're like, Long shot killed Jet. <laughs> yeah, I would say that's more of a theory than a headcanon. That's a theory. Eh, it's fun either way. It's fun either way. Yeah. Way to go, long shot. Somebody had to do it. <laughs> All right, <laughs> man. We can... this okay. is, I'm glad we're only doing one episode. This is poorly representative of today. me as a human. <laughs> I'm like 100% pacifist and forgiving, but if it's in television, for some reason, I take a way, way harsher stance, like lower stakes. It's on TV. It's Definitely fine. Definitely, he was killed. Definitely. <laughs> murdered, actually. Um, Bosco's party. Let's get to that one real quick. It's a yeah, long Bosco's day. party. Uh, they're enjoying their, you know, enjoying their time, sipping some wine. <laughs> I love the part where the guy, they're sitting at the table with the bear, and it's the first time I see the bear, I think. And one guy's complaining. He's like, he's taking all the good stuff. And the other guy's like, shh, you don't know what I had to do to get seats this close to the bear. And then Bosco just like swipes at both of them and jumps on the table and starts eating all the food. <laughs> I don't know why. That's that's not low key humor. That's just stupid slapstick. But that's my kind of stupid slapstick. Oh yeah. Definitely. I think it's just such a weird perspective. I think that's the thing too about this episode is that we move around so many times oh, all over the place. Yeah, it jumps. In character, for better or worse, yeah. So yeah, so we get these like weird side moments. This is I, I don't know. It just fills to the whole feeling of this episode. That's just like, what's even happening? What show are we in? What world are we in? 
what's going on? There's Why a bear. is there a regular bear eating lunch? <laughs> oh, sh- and, a, and a fairly tame bear too. Yeah, it seems like pretty, he's not eating other people. He's well just like tempered. Yeah, he's like he looks like me with endless shrimp, which you can go to Red Lobster right now for fifteen ninety nine and get endless. They're I not mean, paying. You man. could do that, or you could spend <laughs> your fifteen ninety nine on something less gross than shrimp. I don't know. No, That's no. something less endless less shrimp. bad than shrimp. You could buy like five DVDs of the entire Avatar <laughs> with commentary. With commentary, that's funny because I was gonna. Say, I'm I'm a big fan of Quick Trip. I was gonna be like, you go to Quick Trip and get like eight slices of pizza for that. And I don't know, whatever. It's fine. <laughs> so at, at this party, Chris, what happened? What? Yeah, tell us. I'll uh, show yeah. Pretty much, you know, the okay. bear's eating stuff. Um, Toph finds AIM because she can sense where his twinkly toes are at. And, and apparently someone figures out that Aang is the Avatar and he distracts them all. Eventually the Earth King is there. It's when he blow dries that just... lady off after he spills stuff on her. <laughs> and then he yeah. blow dries her off and then they're like, hey. Who's <laughs> Oh, yeah. Question. If they don't know that the war is going on, do they also not know that the Avatar is back? Like, should they be shocked by this? Yeah, that should be, like, new news, not old news. That should be kind of a big deal. Maybe. (laughs) Or just like, oh, crap, an airbender. Like, maybe they don't. Or. No, she says Avatar. Yeah, she clearly says the Avatar. Yeah, she says Avatar. Uh, Maybe it was announced, like, hey, the Avatar. But no. I mean, some information has to get out, right? So, like, when when you are... Uh, you know, uh, a ran state like they probably let some information come out that way. They can't be like, oh, hey, the there's no such thing as the outside world. It's only us. Like they got to let some plausible information in that makes everybody think like, oh yeah, they're being truthful with us. Like they're giving us some information. The avatar is back. You know, he's going for a Those people of Team Avatar interrogated. They clearly knew. There was a war going on. They just weren't allowed to talk yeah. about it. So, yeah, okay, I get it. It's I mean, and, and news about the Avatar, like that's kind of too big to not let spread around. And it's positive news. Avatar's back. That's good for everybody. Yeah, right. I think. Either that, or they were just lied to, and they were told the Avatar is some like circus act, like Chris Angel or something. We booked him for this party. <laughs> Right, he was just brought in as like an act, like, "Hey, watch, he's gonna do all four kinds of bending." And then he's back. He also, at one point, he's just playing with the bear, he's just doing tricks. I'm gonna be right back. I have to go get a charger. Uh, we talked so long about. All right, we won't cover anything important. Jamie, let's talk about Hank doing tricks for these bears. No, okay, um, I do. I do really love. It's it's so pure Aang that like. He does tricks for the whole group, and he's like, "I'm gonna go see the king." And then when it yeah. when the camera pans over to uh, the daily, starts like sort of covertly capturing people with their little clay, their little clay gloves. And then it yeah. cuts to Aang, and he's like doing tricks for Bosco, like he's like twirling balls in front of like colorful air bubbles in front of Bosco. It's like that's yeah. just that's pure Aang right there. Those like those uh, earth bending hand things that they use those are sweet like that's a really cool design moment it, that up some of my uh audio visual points because they uh use that a couple times later in the episode um 
It doesn't piss me off that Toph can't sense them. I'm okay with that, given that they fly through the air. Even though at previous points we've seen Toph be able to sense similar yeah. things. It does piss me off that Toph doesn't outbend them. Like, Toph is probably the second best airbender, or earthbender, excuse me, that we've seen ever. Right. Like, you're How telling me she can't fight off these clowns with some gloves? Like, or at least cause a ruckus. Like, she's not gonna just disappear. And that, so that part makes me a little mad that Toph is so easily captured by these police clowns. Well, maybe, I mean, I don't really, like, this This episode moves at such a strange pace, and we move from, like, place to place so quickly that it's very not jumpy. very, like, like, after Toph is kind of taken away, it's not exactly clear what their intentions are, and really, because after that, uh, uh, Lee Fang just comes out, and he's like, oh, yeah, I'm the um, head of the Daily and everything, the cultural and then like, the king feel everything. Crap. Yeah, so it's not like they're being captured because they let them go. I know, but they were initially, right? Like, they were clearly yeah, captured in a hostile way. And I was right. like, Toph would That's so fight back, she would cause a stir. Yeah. Those clay gloves would be slapping those police guys yeah, back in their own faces. Sure. Like, I don't know. Maybe it's maybe it was just, like, shock, and then she and then she figured out they weren't actually in danger. Yeah, yeah it's we, a little bit of a plot hole, but sometimes that happens. It does, okay. and we have to... Uh, I'll call it a plot convenience. It's not like a plot, plot hole. It's a plot yeah, convenience. That we have to brush off, but it's a little, a little sad. That, like, come on, Toph, you yeah. can take those clowns. Right. Just the popo, Toph. Come on. <laughs> Hi, Chris. Did you find yeah, a charger? Yeah, she's out with the Chris, we handled the podcast with grace and elegance while you were gone. Good. We had no idea where we were in the episode because you weren't there to guide us. But <laughs> <laughs> this podcast is about as directive as the episode that we're talking about here. We've had so many breaks. We had True. wrong screens showing. We had extra people going. It's crazy in here. It's chaos. It's absolute chaos. Uh, say, did you guys already go over the Long Fei reveal? Kind of. We just got to the part okay. where we're talking about Toph and Katara being captured and, and Sokka as well. And now yeah. Aang, he was rolling right up to the Earth King, presumably. Like, yes. it was a carriage. It yep. was supposed to be another thing I don't okay. like. That just goes away. You just don't see that yeah. anymore. He's rolling up to it. It's weird. And then it goes away, and then he's at Longfang, and I assume that's what you're getting at here with, like, a true reveal Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe he goes away because I mean, as Longface says before, like, he's just a puppet, and if this puppet is around even more, and he's around longer, like more people will see the strings on the puppet. Yeah, like so it's just like let me let me just splash him and show him, mm-hmm. and then completely move him away. Yeah, maybe, can't really but you don't converse think... with anybody. It's another one again. I'm just gonna call it a plot convenience and, and brush it aside because it's not that big a deal. But it's like he was clearly strolling through like at a nice casual pace. Like Aang would have caught up. He was going right towards him, and then he's just not there. Like. Come on, yeah. <laughs> whatever. It's fine. It's fine. I always like. I just get the feeling that this was supposed to be a longer episode, like, or that this could have been like more stuff should have happened. But it's, I mean, it's a regular length episode. They made other cuts so that the booger yeah. scene could survive. It could last longer. That's, that's right. It. That's what that's really it. happened. Yep. Thank you for making the tough choices that we are not entitled to make, creators. We appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> Which, side note, I'm still waiting on them to get back at me about being on the podcast. I'm really you know, sad like, that we did not get, like, like zero love. <laughs> I'm so disappointed. Whatever. It's, it's like, like day nine. You know what? You know, I, 
every day I check my <laughs> every day I check my uh, I I go to Instagram for two things. I check back on my email with them, see if see if they're written back. Um, and also, I look at this art by Keikachi95. She does some amazing fan art, especially of the Rise of Kyoshi yeah. book. Yes. Yeah, check that, check that out, because she, she really does some, she really brings that book to life. Um, yeah, that's one of the reasons why I would go on Instagram to no, see I, I, her stuff and to see if, yeah. like, hey, maybe Mike and Brian did uh, see my message and uh, get back at me on that. Maybe they saw my message from 2018 and they're finally ready. Yeah. We have the time. Don't you worry. Keep faith. You just gotta. I'm. T- I. I don't know. I think we. I think you can do it. You'll get them on. Just gotta. Gotta believe. I, just... I mean, listen. If like. What a positive message. <laughs> just keep believing. You gotta. I think. Gotta hope. Well, <laughs> one of the one reasons why I like did that because I was watching this really old like a. Uh, podcast or video review thing like way before people were doing like reactions to stuff like this group called yum chucks um they actually had mike and brian on their podcast and this is a fairly small podcast too i'm like huh i wonder what they come on because they were like and they were talking about cora because it was around the time when cora was wrapping up and uh and mike and brian were both like physically there with them i thought ah you know what i'll ask them if they you know want to join us chris i had a head cannon. That as to why it was wrong as to why you asked them that day it was because i saw on twitter the the origins of the swaggy p meme like i believe he's talking with his mother and she says something crazy and he kind of <laughs> gives that look the 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 original video of that was circling on twitter and i was like chris huh. said something about shooters gonna shoot and that's like pure swaggy p right there he saw that meme he's like i'm gonna go take my swaggy p shot uh-huh. and that was my <laughs> headcanon uh as to why you, you did what you did <laughs> I mean, it's gone now. It's fine. I'm yeah, shoot your shot. Perpetual believer. If I, I've taken every single shot that is even remotely. Ca- Wait, I asked to be on this podcast. It's true, and by nature of being the first human to interact with us. Congratulations! You want the secret like Willy Wonka in the chocolate factory type of competition? Congratulations. I'm, all I'm saying is... We'll just keep hollering. Or we should just be mean to you the Kelsey. whole time. Yeah. And be weirdly deranged. I mean, Shut up, you little girl. You know nothing about Avatar. But, <laughs> Congratulations. You must be the mother. But, Any, anybody? Huh? Well, he's he's going to get on our that podcast. Episode, that, was <laughs> that first episode, I came super prepared. Today, we came a little less prepared, but we're still here. I don't know if you notice this about our preparation style, which involves watching the episode. (laughs) Done. And uh, that's really about it. To be fair, I watched it twice this time, so I'm doubly, doubly prepared. But... um... I took all right back to oh keep yeah, going. No, no, you're right. We gotta get back. We're already we're an hour in and <laughs> we're almost at the end. We're good. We're good. But, yeah, right. we, but we have to get to yeah, a very important scene end. that I know yeah. that uh, I know that Jamie's gonna dig. And it's time that we jump over to that side story, I think. Yeah, the B plot here, uh, which there really isn't that much. It's really just Not Jet much, yeah. being like really uh conspiracy theory like where he just out of context if you don't know what jet knows he sounds crazy 
and all of these situations, you examine every toss anybody. It's just like they're Fire Nation. So Jet is just on a mission to prove to everybody that Zuko and Iroh are Fire Nation. Which one thing is this dumb mission to begin with? Because at one point he steals like their little rock flat lighter thing, um, so then they can fire bend their tea. But even if you saw Iroh fire bending, that's not proof that he can show somebody. It would just be him saying the same thing that he was saying before that they're firebenders. I think it. I think for him, it's more just like because before he he didn't see Iroh heat the tea. He just at at the um, before he they saw were, the tea. Yeah, he saw the, yeah. He didn't see the actual action, so it is just like an assumption that he's making at this point. Which I okay, all right, Sean. I know you don't like Jet, but I love Jet. Just because him. he's right doesn't mean he's not a douchebag. No, it's not just because he's right. I think, like, well, he is right. Let's just start there. He's he right. fine. I'll give you that. He had a hunch. Jet was, he had a head cannon. Was right. A head cannon that no. happened to be accurate. Okay. It's not a head cannon because he was right. <laughs> he doesn't know that he's right, so it's a head cannon. He thinks he's right. That's why it's a head cannon. We're working on that word. It's no, okay. it's... <laughs> <laughs> you, okay, wait. You sound so much like a like an English teacher working with a student who's just not like. Okay, today we're working on this word, and you're almost there. I know it's hard to pronounce. Head cannon. <laughs> well, now, okay. You know what? No, hold on. Before we get any farther, Jet. First of all, if you if you put Jet in real life, he's just like a crazy extremist, like a political extremist or something that everybody else would love to hate. But for some reason, he's an ugly cartoon kid in a TV show that even the creators in the commentary, they're like, half the people, half the ladies are like, yeah, we think he's a handsome cartoon character. And the other half, they're like, he's hideous. And I, I don't get that either. Also, those weapons are so um, impractical and poor. Yeah, I love them. I no, love those because weapons. they're they're not realistic or or possible. He's using them like swords. I mean, they're clearly. I rounded. mean, those aren't real weapons though. They're clearly rounded hooks with points. They're not sharp <laughs> swords. It's wrong. I it's dumb. All right. I'm Is that just fault though? Those those are real life weapons that like. But they're rounded, they, and he uses them like swords. They cut through things like swords, but they would not yeah, cut he, through things like swords. They would not. I, mean, I think they would cut through things like you he know, cuts as long as it has a an table edge. With them, Chris, a table with a rounded. You can cut through things. He cuts through a table with them. You can cut. No. I, no. I, yeah, well, that sharp part is still rounded. No, I agree with Sean. He, he does. I don't know how this would uh, work? Going away. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all can and talk he, amongst yourselves. And he does. He, he, I think, I think he uses them fairly well. You know, especially in that fight with Aang. He, you know, he does a lot of that hooking, hooking on trees, well. hooking yeah. on things. That's fine. I'm okay with those things. That's okay. He cuts through a table with a rounded stick. You know what? I'm gonna pull up video of you of someone using these swords. And uh, I'm pretty sure they, their probably name is Sword. And you're gonna be proven wrong on this. I think. <laughs> Bring it on. Let's do it. Not right now. Next episode, I presume. Uh, That's fine. Because he's in the uh, next also, episode. I mean, he's, already... <laughs> yeah. he's got a good presence in the next episode, too. So we'll do it then. Oh, yeah. Really good You presence. find your, your yeah. video evidence, and I will happily display it. Yeah, we've been proven wrong. Because last time, you thought not a lot of people hated Jed. We did I was that definitely wrong. So many show. people hate Jed. But it's fine. I was <laughs> so happy 
to see how many people are like, in jet. So many... <sighs> okay, like, can I please make my... I would like to make my case for jet. First, one, okay? one more... No, one more piece of information is that just for, for oh, those out God. there, the poll finished, like, roughly 50-50. Oh, yeah. it, yeah, that was the Twitter poll. I did do a poll on the two Facebook groups, one that Sean is part of and one that Jamie is part of, that I'm part of both. Um, it was worse on Twitter. It was even <laughs> it was probably. I mean, it was worse on the Facebook groups. It was probably like sixty-five percent hated Jet. Super hated Jet, and I think that's appropriate. That sixty-five percent of if he was a real-life human, ninety-five percent of people would hate Jet. Ninety-five. Okay, Jamie, go ahead. I like Jet, but yeah, go ahead. I can totally understand the Jet hate. Don't get me wrong. I don't. I don't think he's flawless by any means. He's extremely flawed. However. Okay, so in his episode, in Jet, he, yes, he makes a pretty extreme decision. He is on the right side of justice, but kind of doing it, you know, getting there the way, way, way wrong way. So, um, really, like, his work is means to an end, and that's not great. But in these episodes, like, back to, like, kind of what we were saying, like, he, first he's, like, making an assumption about them, and it is, it does sound crazy, but I think, like, I constantly go back to the fact that these are, I mean, he's not very old, he's, he's probably, like, 17, 18, like, probably 15, 16, I think, yeah, so even younger, right, so, like, again, like, we talk about this all the time, teenagers are dumb, yeah, they and are. To conclusions so much. Sorry, teenagers, if you're listening. We mean that in a generic way, not specifically uh, um, personally attacking. No, we were. I mean, everybody was a teenager, and we were all dumb. I'm still so dumb like, to this day. I'm not <laughs> dumb enough to try to use a rounded weapon to cut through a table, but I'm pretty dumb. <laughs> but yeah, like the point is, is that like they're irrational by nature. But even more so, this is a kid who's been like terribly affected by this war and specifically affected by firebenders so when he thinks that firebenders are in this place that's supposed to be a sanctuary doesn't it make sense that he would kind of jump to that conclusion and, and then let's say he's right like he's not wrong I, so, you know what so I'm, I'm about to share a personal piece of information here sorry if this gets too dark uh, my wife, when she was very young, her mother passed away from melanoma. Jet is like if my wife went out and got mad at anybody who went outside with sunscreen and she just got violently mad at them, that's yeah. Jet. That's what that's the same that's thing. That's a little wrong because like, that's a little bit different. Why can't there be good firebenders? Why can't there be firebenders that are good people? There, I mean, there can be and there are, but I'm saying to as far as like, to Jet's reaction. Jet's I a racist. That's what, he is. That's what I'm looking for. The whole thing. He's a racist. I won't. What's okay. The... Yeah, but Katara, Katara sort of is too at this point. She until kinda she grows yeah. kind of out of yeah. it. Right. No, she's yeah. a cute racist, so we'll forgive it. <laughs> oh, boy. No, you're well, right. She is kind of a racist at this point. If we're going to make, right, like, that's interesting. It if is kind of. I never thought of that. If we're going to use the. <laughs> Compared to racism, that that that's, has a whole bunch of implications. You're right. Yeah, at one, at one point, at one point, Sokka is like, uh, someone asked, I think it's Zuko, who says, like, your sister hates me. And Sokka's like, oh, Katara doesn't hate anybody. I mean, right. Fire Nation people, yeah. And like, oh, okay, that's... I mean, <laughs> if, it is, if I... yeah, it is very, like, it is... That's kind of racism, you're right. I'll give you that. 
but um, I, but again, like everything, like the context changes a little bit when you consider that they are currently in a war, and the Fire Nation are the oppressors and the attackers. So that would be like implying that there's reverse racism, which there's not. So like it doesn't exactly work. Um, That's a whole podcast, right? Right there by itself, like reverse racism. Like, Is it real? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like right there. You know, Jewish people during World War Two, they have good reason to hate all Germans. Right. Well, like, not really. I mean, the I mean, Nazi invaded Germany first. There was German. That, is, that is such a clickbait title that I almost want to okay. make a fake video about it and just be like, no. And that's the whole video. Yeah. Right. So, like, that all comes with a whole set of sub restrictions and implications when we talk about whether or not this actually is racism. But I think back to the point that we're trying to get to about Jet. Yes, he's, he's irrational in making this claim, but he is right. And so, like, when and, and and but he's always been the kind of person that he doesn't care about the consequences of his actions so long as they achieve his goal so he steals from iroh which is you know not a good thing stealing from people is not good he's spying on them he's people. become obsessed with them yeah so um i i like jet because i think he's a really good sort of like diluted character as far as like what has this war done to people how has it affected people it's something that i love that the show goes into that i still wish they could go into more which is one of my big hopes for the live action um and that's why i love him i love him because he's a very like he does seem crazy and irrational and war is what does that to people and you kind of have he is that gray area that i never i don't think it ever really gets resolved and it's kind of one of my favorite parts of the series altogether so Chris, what, what show is it on ESPN where the host gets to mute the people that say things that he just generically doesn't um, like? Pardon the interruption? Uh, is. Yes. No, no, not part of the interruption. So, Around the horn. Around the horn, that's right. I just I, had that whole beautifully articulated speech and you're just like mute. I never want to hear it again. <laughs> hey, I, I stand you know from the beginning. You know what, Jamie? You hear, Jamie, do you hear this? <laughs> Same page. Same page as you. <laughs> Sweet. This is, uh, I said it from the beginning. I'm very uh, very tyrannical with the keyboard. Very. I'm a tyrant. <laughs> I can't help myself. Uh, that being said, that was a beautiful Jet speech. Uh, thankfully, <laughs> about 60% of all Avatar fans agree with me. So, whatever. It's fine. Yeah, well... He's got redeeming yeah. qualities not in this episode it's not so much about redeeming him it's about like recognizing what his purpose is in the show and what it represents uh, that's probably, that's so accurate that, that's probably so <laughs> accurate and true that i'm just gonna ignore it <laughs> just, just so i don't have to backtrack all of my statements because yeah. you're right stop it <laughs> Uh, all right back this, back to the episode or were you does, about to say something yeah no this is a great it is a great scene though when he confronts them in the tea shop um, yes you know he's been staked out this whole time he is he's tired he's rugged he breaks in he's like i'm tired of waiting uh basically gonna coax it out of you by starting a fight in your tea shop and you're gonna have to fire ben to defend yourself uh he probably is not aware that zuko is also pretty handy with a sword heck yeah he is my boy 
this is this is a really great fight that just really displays that Zuko is more than just a firebender. He is a really great uh, sword fighter, and he learned from Master P and Dao. And it just so happens that there are some dual swords on hand. Very convenient for him, um, but nonetheless, I don't care. I'll let that pass because I love this fight yeah. of just two different dual swords going in at it at, at each other, and just the choreography, like and the way that they. Um, they do references for the choreography is they actually do the movements mm-hmm. at like a gym at Nickelodeon. And I'm really curious how they did this one, because this seems to be like way more intricate. A lot, a lot of uh, props are yeah. like, this reminds me of a Jackie Chan fight. And it does have that transition in the middle when it cuts in and out, when it's like chopping in between the a story and the B story. And they have that one transition yeah. where like, they're about to strike and it kind of like lights out for a second, which is very reminiscent of like old kind of action fight movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, the way that they use props, they're jumping on the table. They're doing some interesting choreography that doesn't look like the stuff that we've seen before. Yeah, it's a cool fight. It's great. Chris, yeah, I think, really I think the commentary for this one said they spilled out into the parking lot even for like space. Like, really? Wow. Ended up okay. in, like, the parking That's lot a... doing some of it, and it looked yeah. really crazy. Honestly, <laughs> like, whoever it, whoever idea it was to get Zuko and Jet together in the same place for a fight, like, they give them a raise. Honestly. I never thought there'd be an occasion where I liked Zuko next to more, like, more than the person he was fighting. <laughs> but it was very obvious, like, you got the, you got the best version of Zuko over here serving tea, and then whatever it is i like how you think that the best version of zuko is the one where he just doesn't talk at all it's the one where he is contemplative and and uh, and what's the word is it like a learning mode he's in like an absorbing mode he's taking in lessons from his uncle about life i have a great quote hey after this slide i have my favorite quote of the whole you can probably guess what one it is but we'll save it for after we get all right yeah won't ruin it it is. A, it's a great version um, of Zuko. I like him a lot in this episode and the next episode. Yeah. So this fight is happening at the same time that um, Long Fei is is talking to uh, Team Avatar just about how he's controlling everything and how if they talk about the war, it would ruin their economy, it ruin everything, and how the war cannot be inside the walls and the war is only happening outside the walls, and there is no war in Ba Sing Se. And at the same time. Um, they mirror that with Jet being captured by the Dai Li and then him being brainwashed and him being like that scene is like it's somewhat haunting, right? Because Jet is like mm-hmm. the guy is like, there's no war in Bossy say, and Jet is like, What are you talking about? Where do you think the refugees come from? Yeah. Like they're like it's, it, it reminds me <laughs> Yeah, it reminds me of this uh, Mel Gibson movie, which I don't remember what it was. I remember as a kid watching it, like because they hold his eye eyes open, they like tape his eyelids open. It makes him like watch something that's somewhat like brainwashing. I forget the movie. That's horrifying. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah um, that they don't hold back in any part of it. You have, yeah, Jet saying like, "Where do you think the refugees are coming from?" Again, I t- I kind of take note of any time that they use like these huge like huge. Um, mature uh, phrases and ideas like the like refugees mm. and black market which Sokka says earlier and some of my yeah. yes yeah. 
Um, in the next couple episodes, they are constantly talking about a coop. Um, they never explain what a coop is in the context of the show. They never really explain what refugees are in the context of the show. And again, they just don't hold back here. They just they just go all in. And I love that they kind of they really they never doubt their audience, and they never exactly doubt. yeah. Uh, yeah, and it leaves yeah this last scene really like leaves a mark on people's minds. What else? Yeah, yeah. Mean? Then uh, then pretty much the episode episode ends. <laughs> you know, and I don't. It's a little anticlimactic, um, but I do know that they get like the stern talking to from Long Feng of um, if you you need to cooperate. Or if you ever yeah. want to see your bison again, something in that line's like yeah, blackmail. Uh, yeah, so pure, pure black. Hey, there's another. They don't say blackmail in the show, but it is uh, obviously a pretty harsh concept. But it is a little anticlimactic at the end. Really, um, I think it's very climactic at the end because well, I mean, I don't even remember how. I don't. I don't even remember how it ends, and there's not a lot of. Uh, you don't? There's no. There's not like gratifying closure or anything, right? It just. Yeah, I, I agree with. Yeah, I agree with you. The last shot is like creepy. The last shot is really creepy, actually. I think. Which one's the last shot? Yeah, but like the, it's a. I think it's of Jet, um, being brainwashed. I think. It's, right? no, it's remember because they say, "Oh, uh, we'll have Judy escort you back," and then Judy comes in and it's right. Yeah. Yeah, a different Judy. Uh. Mm. That kind of just really stuck with me. It's always kind of yeah. Okay, this is another thing. Like before we talk about like how memorable this episode is. Like so before the first time I watched it as a kid, I don't think that this the end of this episode stuck with me because it has like and the music they use is really creepy. But this whole episode as a concept didn't really stick with me because honestly, I think a lot of it went over my head as a kid. Like I think what was actually going on. I, I didn't quite get it. And as I'm older, I watch this episode and I just constantly think about this episode. I This is one of the most memorable episodes to me now because of because of this like last scene here. And also just because like the, I don't know, like the idea that um, they're kind of policing this, this city so hard. And it's just... It really, it really sticks with me. And there was like a meme recently, like someone used the Judy with the "There's no war in Boston" say as like a meme, and then like on Twitter, and like, you know, like forty thousand people recognized it. And to me, that stuck out. I was like, oh my gosh, That's awesome! That how memorable this moment is. People recognize it instantly, uh, which is kind of crazy. As usual, I'm articulating myself poorly, but I will say there's like it's almost like a to be continued episode in the sense that oh, there's yeah. no there's no gratification or closure yeah. whatsoever at the end. You don't leave feeling good or anything like that. So uh, maybe that's a better way to put it. Yeah, I got you. And uh, well, and then I think Zuko Zuko and Jet's fight Jet's fight does end anticlimactically with not a clear victor. Like right. the guy, we just take him and go. Um, so that could be part of it. Yeah. He didn't just His walk away. There was the, he was he was pulled away. No, I, you know, I yes. think I feel like Zuko was winning. There was not a clear victory, but I feel like Zuko was winning, without firebending. I, I think so. so. I think so. But it's a, it was I good, think it was good fight. I I think I do think that his swords. <laughs> His dual swords, I think, would have overpowered the jets eventually. I feel like Zuko's swords could have, like slashed through those things. I, I know those things are metal, but they just I think of like rebar with like a little hook at the end. I can't 
You know what? I genuinely, Chris, I can't wait to learn more about whatever those weapons are. Send me I, some images. I don't see why you wouldn't think, like, imagine, right, so have, if you have, like, a pole, a, a wooden block, right, and you see, like, I don't know, samurais cutting it and, it, and the block cuts, they don't cut it with the tip of it, like, they cut it with the middle of the sword, like, to me, yeah, but, but a curved a sharp, sword. It's a sharpened edge. As yeah, the edge to this sword. This is rounded like it, like a pole yeah, as but opposed to a sword. No, it's a sword. It's sharpened on the edge is of it there. It just sharpens the all. No, it's not sharpened on the inside of it. Just like a lot of swords aren't. Like you have that side that's sharpened. You know, it's just like a regular sword. Just it has like more metal okay. at the that's end of it. I, I never assumed that that's what they were. I actually thought that they were like, um, like, you know, pieces of like piping or something or some sort of like tool that he. It's kinda... almost like a halberd is what I was yeah, picturing. Exactly. That kind of like he turns into a weapon, but yeah. it was supposed to be a weapon. But I actually, I guess, I don't know. Um, he probably but stole it from some helpless old man. Yeah, just because of like the way that he's sort of like dressed and what he does. Like I thought that I thought that they were like, like some sort of tool that he turned into weapons. I'm I'm legitimately interested <laughs> to learn more, and perhaps yeah. I will retract my statements. Uh, but I probably won't. But I I'll, I might. <laughs> You've yet to retract a statement. So. Uh, that's not true. I'm always happy to admit when I lose uh, here. Because well, that's it's just never. A... <laughs> I'm kidding. Because it's just a TV show. Hey, I won this one. People hate Jet. People agree with me. I don't have to have reasons. I have popularity. You didn't win the discussion. Yeah. Popular vote. Uh... I would be more upset, except that I always, I, you know, I tend to side uh, with, the, with the people that people hate. So with the characters, let me rephrase characters fictional right not no. real people, not real people. <laughs> i would i would like to think we're all pretty non-hating sort of humans in real life right Sh shows different right. i have a lot of sympathy for complex and often hated characters i will say that there is a fine difference between uh characters the characters that you're supposed to hate i can accept that they're doing their job and i can still hate them i can accept they're doing it well i always That's hate true. the characters i'm supposed to hate I watch wrestling. I hate the heels because I'm supposed to. But it's like, no, I still hate them. Like, they're do they're successfully achieving their purpose. But that's kind of a different argument in my mind, I guess. But yeah, regardless, um, I did. I pulled out a quote. Uh, do you guys want to guess what it is? It was an Iro quote from this episode. That I can tell you exactly what it is, probably. Go ahead. No. Life uh, is wherever you make it. Yeah, got it. I love that quote. That's really powerful to me because I'm always planning the next big thing and I don't always live in the moment as well as I should. So every time I hear that one, it hits me home a little bit. So great quote. Thanks, Iroh. Thanks, Iroh. Oh my gosh, you should end every episode with an Iroh quote. That would be what a cute... What a, you, you know what? I should have... Very good idea. I should have done it because we don't really ever know how to close. We just kind of ramble until we get bored and then we stop. <laughs> like, all right we're done talking now uh well and it's i don't know i enjoy that but maybe you're right we'll slap this at the end after the ratings next time good feedback good feedback but it has to be from that episode that iro said i don't know once again uh, season say, three we can't do that sometimes yeah we'll have to cheat sometimes yeah, yeah. but most right, episodes that iro is in we're gonna have quotes. an opportunity so it's fine we'll have to cheat sometimes yeah. Uh, well, you can make up for it with all the episodes that you didn't do it on. Yeah, I've got some some backfill, True. especially the uh, what's the I'm gonna let me get it right. 
uh, pride is not the opposite of shame, but rather its source. That's still yes. my favorite to this point. Yeah, we we call that one out a lot in that one episode because I love that. That one hit me hard for some reason because I was like, that is so freaking logical, and I never heard that. Say, it hits hard. That way it's before. So true. Yeah, that that's a good episode, man. I oh, have like I have like rethink my whole life moments when I hear that quote, but uh, ah, Iroh. Now there's a character that if you hate Iroh. Well, if you're I, Iroh, you're not. Well, are you who, even a real person? Who are you? Are you? Real oh, next episode is a great. I don't love. I keep talking about next episode. I don't love next episode. I really don't even <laughs> like next episode. But Iroh and Zuko's uh, little side stories oh. in next episode are pretty right. interesting. I love. I love Zuko's whole complex in the next episode yeah, not it's very I want interesting. To feel that way but i love i love what he has to go through yeah it's, me too uh, but yeah. again i don't i don't want to spoil it other than that i don't really like the rest of the episode all that much but anyways <laughs> let's start with chris's ratings all right audio visual gave a nine mostly because of that jet and um jet and zuko fight thought it was amazingly done amazing choreographed great music and everything also i love just entering the city of bosnia say really just create a huge scope and scale of the area. So that gets to nine. Story gets an eight and a half, uh, mostly just because of all of the all the fairly uh, subtle themes that this episode had, Regular, whether it was about just how police state does or society, um, classism, things like that. Um, all that was really interesting. So that gets an eight and a half. Memorable. Not my most memorable episode. There's not necessarily like one moment that I always have to go back and, and rewatch. So I think it's a seven and a half out of ten. That brings my score to an eight point five. That's pretty pretty good. Yeah, that's great actually. It breaks very respectably in your larger list. Yeah. Uh well Chris, we were super duper close this time. I went eight and a half on audiovisual, um, but I did that before I watched the commentary, which I think is the fair way to do it. After I watched the commentary, I probably could have been even more <laughs> generous there. Uh, but I think keeping it in its earnest state. Uh, a lot of good visual, interesting things, good fight scene. Not a ton of variation, but it, it's great. It's great. Story, eight and a half, same reasons. This is like this episode's story is like the crossroads of so many different stories. Um, it doesn't stand alone very well at all, but uh, which is usually what I look for. But there's just uh, so many different exciting things happening and coming to pivotal forks in the proverbial road here it's very engaging memorable i'd say the same thing it's not that it's not important or special it is good it's still good just probably not like tip top of my list of ones that i think of first still very respectable 8.4 nothing wrong with that and as a special uh a special aside we have some ratings from jamie Yeah, um, audiovisual. I gave this a seven point five, which ended up lower than you guys, and I think it's mostly because um, I honestly I think this would have rated higher if the Jet Zuko fight would have been longer because it was great choreography, but it was so short. It's pretty short lived, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Uh, story. I rated this one higher. I gave this one a nine, which was higher than both of you guys gave. But I, as a person who wants to write television and is very script and story oriented. This is a masterful script. Like I like I love everything that they do with this script, the way that they tie in things, the way that it moves from one plot to another, and that there's about you know five or six stories that I can pull out of this episode alone. 
Um, and then again, all with the social commentary, its introduction to a new setting. And uh, it's the beginning of a huge arc that goes through the end of this season. So yeah, it's a big one for me. I love this story. And memorable. Um, I gave this one an eight, which sounded low when you guys said it, but for me, eight is pretty high on the memorable uh, list because it has a couple things that really stand out in my mind, like I've talked about. And I definitely, the older I get, the more I think about this show and its whole and its context. This one really does come back to me a lot. So that one's pretty high, actually, for me. So yeah, total 8.3, a very respectable score. Again, it's not like the greatest up like in the grand scheme of everything, but it's definitely up there, probably top 10 for me. We fall into a trap, I think both, uh, I'll speak for Chris and myself, I won't speak for you, but we fall into a trap of where eights almost become like an average, and they almost seem like a slight right. sometimes. You gotta remember, like eight, like eight out of ten, that's still a lot of my school yeah. work right there. I mean, that's fine. Yeah. I um, kind of recognize that you guys score up a little bit. I was like, oh, like, if you gave something like a five now, it would feel like you were like, this is the worst episode ever. I but still we'll, think I still think those types of things can happen, but like if stuff's getting fours and fives, I'm like boycotting it as television in the sense of like this is bad enough that you don't actually have to watch it. You can literally just actively bypass this episode. Yeah, and it and, just doesn't happen in this show. But again, that becomes a trap of like a, a very high, sometimes unexciting standard. I guess. Well, if you might have given blog ever on Game of Nerds, you know that I give out a lot of that average scoring so four fives and six sixes and sevens are really common so the fact that i gave anything an eight or higher is really good and that's just a testament to the fact that i love this episode uh, hence why i'm on only this one so someday, and the other one, yeah. someday when we review game of thrones in retrospect we'll start tossing out some crazy ratings it'll be oh, great boy. oh god <laughs> chris we interrupted you you were starting to yeah, say something sorry. Yeah, what was I saying? I have, I have no, no idea. idea. Oh, oh, you were saying but... you did give. Uh, we've both awarded fairly oh. low scores at one point or another. Um, yeah, in an individual yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna say, category. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I've given a five or six to something in Bottle of the Water Dry, probably to Memorable because that's one episode that I can always skip. I really don't like that. And it's episode. super boring. Yeah. <laughs> It's kind of like crazy. I mean, you are right, Sean, though, that with this show specifically, it's very rare that scores dip low because this is just a phenomenal show. The quality is so high. It's hard to separate any yeah. one episode from the rest when you're when you're rating pieces individually. Yeah. But, uh, you know, maybe in hindsight, it's like, well, maybe we should have ranked them sort of relative to each other rather than just our perception of like what a good television episode is. Um, I mean, it's an interesting I don't discussion. Know how you would even do that, though, because I, I would say like a like a bad episode of Avatar is still better than like eighty five percent of TV. Yeah, uh, maybe. So when we get to the end, we stash all of our ratings in an Excel sheet, um, and maybe when we get to the end, it'll be fun to have an episode where we kind of just a, like a quick scroll um, mm -hmm. in in order, almost or something like that, where we can kind of get a real good grasp of. Uh, a better grasp of yeah relative to the rest of the series we really didn't like that episode um and that I might do, be interesting in a yeah. big picture way doing like top five top 10 at the end of every mm -hmm. is really cool too at the end of every or maybe a top 10 at the end of the series but like you did the top five yeah. for uh book one 
And like, that's really great too, because I think like you look at top five episodes and you're like, wow, these ones really stood out. And even in, um, but you know, I have a hard, in season three, I can't pick five. It's just not possible. Yeah. Well, and that was, that was very revealing to me in season, season one, top five. It's like, I put it together based on the scores. It's like, even over the course of watching that season, uh, the way that I watched the show change and I changed my mind. I don't remember which one it was, mm-hmm. the Northern Air Temple or something like that, that I had in there. I was like, I still like that episode, but really? But, uh, you know? <laughs> and so just, I don't know, it's a displays gross. See, I'm wrong plenty of times, all the time. I'm wrong all the time. Uh, so, yeah, it, I think that's probably where that more accurate relative perception comes into play is like in between seasons or when we're all done, maybe. Great, great work. Anybody got a got an Iro quote to to wrap things up? Other than the two we've already already used, somebody toss it. Don't don't use one that we haven't got to yet. Don't steal the opportunities. It's good Iro quotes. Um, uh, what is um? What is too busy fighting. Your ship is setting sail. That one. There you go. And then it's not really a quote so much as a uh, as I go. It was just active. Yeah. yeah. I'm tired of your I'm tired of your antidotes, Uncle. I was trying. It's not an anecdote. I was trying to think of something tea related because he gets a tea shop in this episode. But this I, is nothing but uh, dirt leaf hot leaf water or what is it? Hot leaf juice. Yeah. Hot yeah. leaf juice. Yeah. Uncle. 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 All That's tea is hot leaf juice. <laughs> How could any one like of a, my family say this? Like that was I like thought a that Kiyosuko was like worse. Moment, I thought that know. was like worse than Ozai going behind Iroh's back. To ask for the throne and then to take over, <laughs> like that's bad. But he never he, he can drink tea, right? He's 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 shown drinking tea in the Day of Black Sun Part Two. Um, I drink tea now. Uh, I don't drink. Tea. It's it's kind of something I've started more since we've got because I I drink a lot of coffee. I'm trying to weigh back the coffee and and do a little less caffeine, a little more water. So I'll reuse like the same tea bag in like three glasses and it won't even be tea by the end, but it's like tricking my brain into just thinking, it's just tricking my brain into thinking, Hey, this is not water. Cause my brain thinks water's gross for some reason. I'm an absolutely yeah. obsessive tea drinker. So me and Iroh would get along. I don't, I like I don't the, drink tea. I like the I've never tea in my life. Are my favorites. I, I don't know if I'm saying that right. Rubos. Oh yes, I have. Reds. I've never drank tea. You just, oh my God. Chris, I know you don't care drink, for, drink, for like caffeine type I've, stuff necessarily, but there's a lot of caffeine free tea. I've drinking tea maybe twice in my life. I, mean, I just had like a cold, I needed something really hot. Yeah. In there. There's, uh, coffee, I've never drank coffee tea. before. Give it a shot. What? Did you say you've never drank coffee before? Chris oh is not a fan of, 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 of like caffeinated <laughs> beverages and such. What is this? That's how I get through the life. Thing is, the thing about me this is, is that I like to go against. I like to go against the grain. Like, I'm not trying to say that people are sheep. I'm just trying to say, like, I tend not to do things even though other people do them, right? Like, I have some random rules in life. I never want to buy a suit. I don't own a suit. I'm going through life without having a suit. Um, I never want to smoke weed or do drugs. I never want to drink coffee. I also never want to be arrested. That's more of just a... a That's a solid life <laughs> advice, really. Yeah, it's all I like. I think I'm a friend, okay? <laughs> <laughs> so, like, yeah, I've gone through life not doing all those things. Also, I've never been drunk 
before. That's only because I don't like the taste of alcohol or the smell of it. Um, it's pretty much I'm 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 boring. But that's fine. <laughs> Let me say that there there are some very exciting caffeine free teas uh, that are very uh, what's the word like very minimalist. Uh, but it's just a, a nice change of place from water, which I don't like to drink by itself. Ew. I like, I love water. So. I wish I could love water and vegetables. If I had two pieces of life advice for like my younger self, it'd be like, teach yourself to like water and vegetables. And exercise. Enjoy exercising. I, I don't like actively exercising, uh, or what's the word? I don't like dedicated workouts, but I do like games enough that that's not a, it's not as big an issue for me. I hate vegetables, and I highly dislike drinking water. It's tough. I know. Life is hard. Whatever. And this is the part of the podcast where we just ramble on about I'm assuming that if we had an Iro quote on screen, we would just be done by now. We would just have quit. Everyone, Um, they're gone. Okay. I do this. I like this picture here though because this was like this seems like I don't know what he's saying there, but it just looks mean caliber right there. Like, oh no, maybe that's the part where he's like, oh, he's not just a puppet. He's a he's a celebrity or whatever. But to me, it looks. We're gonna use that. It it looks like a good meme picture. I really like that one. Uh, It does. I love it. That being said, this is a, a very interesting episode. I think we all enjoyed it, uh, both of the podcasts, but also I'm referring to the TV show. But we enjoyed the podcast because it was very nice to have Jamie with us. Thanks for stopping by uh, for for an hour. And I like to—I don't know why I like to quote the time at the end and be like, "This is an hour and thirty-six minutes of talking about <laughs> twenty-four minutes of cartoon," and I think that's dedication to the game. That's what that is. Absolutely. If we could all be so dedicated to a craft. And so, Jamie, thank you very much for stopping by. Always a pleasure to have and see you on the podcast. Hey. Join us again sometime. Uh, oh, where can where can people find you if you want to plug that at all? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, Game of Nerds. You can just search my name on Twitter, and yeah, Twitter is um, at Jamie Rindy. Uh, you can put the link or It'll whatever. Be in the description. Yep. <laughs> I don't know. It's totally up to you. It's, she's she's you very know. active on Twitter. She's one of two people that like the tweets that I send. Uh, the other one's Chris. It's yeah. <laughs> at your own discretion. I talk a lot about movies and TV, and I have a lot of opinions. Yay. <laughs> and they're very more. Don't you know what? Don't follow me. Just follow hers. They're way more interesting. And hers and Chris, at least, they have like a direction. You follow Chris and Jamie. You know what you're getting into with your tweets. I, I can't say that about myself, but we'll put that stuff in the description. Great episode. We will join you again in two weeks to cover episode 35. I forget what it's called. Tales of Bossing Say. It is the Tales of Bossing Say. Yeah. And it is a very polarizing episode. Very polarizing. So that'll be a fun one. Uh, yeah. Also, if I don't, we don't have a question for people, but um, but if they want to leave us any comments or questions, be sure to. You know, leave that in the comments below or send us a message on Twitter or uh, email us. You can email me at theobjectivegeek at gmail.com. You can um, also reach me also, at theobjectivegeek.com. <laughs> no, that's, um, yeah, you do have my email account. Yeah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, if you had an email, but I'd say the easiest, the quickest way is probably Twitter. Hit us up at Twitter. We love fielding comments, uh, making shout outs about yeah. fantasy football teams or other television shows and whatnot. And that's all I got. Thank you very much. And we will talk to you guys in a couple weeks. We'll get Chris's goodbye wave, his customary goodbye wave. And then, Jamie, you can give your little sign-off. I'm sorry you guys had to watch me eat popcorn. We'll catch you later.
wave quite differently. Mm-hmm.